Hello and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we're doing a little podcasting. I'm out here in the car. Ryan's at his place. We're going to make it work and so on like that. I'm literally parked at like Columbia State Park right here and so on. Don't look like too much activities going on today. It's not like a bunch of school buses are going to come out. You know, kids are going to be fucking cartwheeling out of there and so on so they can go gold panning and, you know, what have you. Just so excited to go gold panning for fake gold. They just learned cartwheels on the way there, you know? Just like, oh boy, yeah. once we actually get gold, we can afford gymnast classes. We're fucking amazing. <laughs> hey, you never know. You know, at one point in time, Columbia was in the running to be the state capital of California. So, you know what? This place used to have some serious power in the 1800s. Yeah, I like the idea, like, oh, we could have been. It's, it's, we almost made it. You know, it's kind of like, it's like, when I, I can't think of, I can't think of like a uh, particular music, music, musician or something, but every so often they'll be like, oh, this guy, he, he played with Hootie and the Blowfish for like two months, and he's just been going from state fair to state fair, being the opening act for that for the last, you know, like 30 years. It's kind of like, yeah. it sounds kind of like that with Columbia, you know? I remember a better example, I don't remember the dude's name, but he was the guy who was in the Beatles before, um, Pete before George Harrison, Pete Best, I think. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Was it George Harrison or Ringo? Uh, it was Ringo, because, you know, it, there was okay. the original drummer. And th- lo and behold, I remember, like, when we were in high school at the the Native American casino down the street, he literally played there once. And I was like, it was that one where it's like, damn, we can't get in. We're not 21 yet. But it was like one of those ones, like, at the same time, I felt bad, kind of bad for him. It's like, here I am playing it, you know, the the next to the could be state capital of California. It's kind of weird there's all these signs saying that coming in, but... <laughs> The could be fourth beetle and the could be state capital of California. Yeah. Well, technically it was in Tuolumne City, which I like how back in the 1800s, once again, I don't know why I'm getting these like, I just feel like I guess I'm sitting here looking at old stuff that I'm like, I'm starting to remember. But I'm like, I love how Sacramento literally, once it was the capital and it came by to like Tuolumne City and it's like, Yo, you guys gotta calm the fuck down. There is way too much craziness going on here. There's gambling, there's murder, there's rape, there's all kinds of sex cells and all sorts of stuff here. It's like, you're just a bunch of fucking pirates up here cutting down trees and then, you know, doing whatever the hell you want afterwards. (laughs) You are not gonna fucking cost this for us, okay? You are not gonna Fuck this up. And then years later, I'm not saying Tuolumne is like the shining beacon of California, but they're doing a little better than Columbia Park. Like, hey, hey, remember the good old days? Like, yeah, dude, man, we get it. We get it. Yeah. Well, I don't know about Tuolumne. Tuolumne's pretty, uh, you know, dead in the water. It's it's one of those towns that's sort of like, and I think people like it that way. They're like, good, nobody comes bothering us anymore. It's great. You know, no tourists are outside. You know, nobody's fucking, you know. Driving by, looking at the snow and shit here. It's, it's Tuolumne. We're off the beaten path, literally. I remember when I first moved up to Tuolumne, um, I would hear horror stories about just, like, people ODing on front of other people's lawns and all that kind of shit. And all that stuff kind of calmed down by the time I got up there. But, like, I'm not yeah, like, I-, I brought the gentrification with me. But, I mean, like, <laughs> it's just one of those things where... I remember hearing all these horror stories, and I went there. I'm like, it looks a little kind of like dead and empty, but it wasn't anything to the level of what people were talking about. But I guess, I don't know, they started cracking down on, on like the meth houses and all that kind of shit. 
Well, I think that was like the 70s and the 80s, I think it used to be. Because you know the park that, like, this is the best way to describe it. You know Greg Knoll when he used to play in that park there and so on. That's just the, the center of town. You don't, you don't think much of it. Just a nice little park. It was 209 centric episode. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, so far, you know. Well, that park used to be referred to as Needle Park for a long time. When I, I remember, was a kid yeah. growing up, that's what they called it, you know. And I never saw any of this Needle Park thing or anything like this. I think we were just ever so slightly past that time period. Maybe maybe a few needles were dropped there in the early 90s, you know, while someone's listening to, like, a Soundgarden album or something. You never know. But it, I, I think it was Kid. definitely a 70s, 80s thing. <laughs> Kid jumps into a sandbox, and it makes, like, the uh, like the spike noise from Sonic 2 when he gets a bang, you know? <laughs> he just shoots up the air, like, in an X pattern, like, wide-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you know, there was another weird, speaking of weird factoids, I was uh, reading this George Lucas book, or let me just say this, I was listening to it, and uh, it's just kind of, you know, just a biography on George Lucas and all that kind of stuff. Well, the kind of cool thing is at the very beginning, it had kind of a section just talking about the history of Modesto, which, you know, in our neck of the woods, that was always kind of like the, Modesto was looked upon as that was, especially back in the day, that was like the closest big city you could go to, to have a mall and video game stores and all kinds of stuff like that. Granted, nowadays it's got practically none of that stuff barely has any comic book stores or any of those things anymore but you know in the glimmering days of the 90s and uh, early 2000s it had that and it was kind of interesting there's a part where it talked about that literally the main population like in like the 20s and 30s of Modesto it came from all the people leaving Tuolumne City hmm yeah, so I guess maybe just one of those ones like, I, hey, you guys, you, you, you can't stop, like, cutting trees down and fucking every night. It's like, why? That's what we always been doing. You're like, oh, fuck it. I guess I'll go down to Modesto and, you know, get myself a different job. There's a lot Whatever more trees down there to chop. And there's a lot more trees down there, a lot more orchards. Like, you're not supposed to chop down the orchard trees. Oh, a tree's a tree. Fuck it. Something's yeah, going to chop fuck and that tree after falls. it. You know, shit. My motto says in the back of my truck, it says, log it, cut it, fuck it. The back of their wagon, their Oregon Trail-esque wagon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when Modesto oh, you got said his 20s and 30s, my bad. You, you said you said 20s yeah, and 30s. Okay, yeah. The guy's like, yeah, you know, I, I had a vehicle, and, you know, a couple DUIs later, I'm back to driving the Oxen again. Yeah, I'm going to ride a bicycle just, like some kind of Chinaman. <laughs> I'm keeping my dignity with my wagon. Sorry. <laughs> There's probably a couple people in the 20s just like in that area that just had like a donkey pool and like just like a wood like you know just like a wooden wagon or whatever like that you know. Well that's the one where the guy in the car drives by and goes look honey poor people. <laughs> Boy <laughs> he can't even afford a car you know what I mean he's got to still use donkey power. And the Model <laughs> T while the kid in the backseat is just cranking it like a wind up toy yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Billy work harder. Damn it. I want to drive by and point the old at the poor people again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I'll cut. We've actually, I feel a little bad. The reason we haven't done an episode in a while is mostly because of me. I just haven't had the time to really properly watch anything. I barely had a time to do Octorock talk, really. So it's just kind of like, you know, I haven't really had the time to properly. Let's review this. Let's review that. It's good. I'll. Like, so it's just been, let's just do a casual and things will kind of calm down a little bit more after Chris. Well, actually, there is probably another period. Just heads up for you as well as listeners. 
in mm-hmm. January. It's probably going to be a little, our scheduling's probably going to be a little dicey again because that's when we're moving to the next place we're going to be living at for the next year or two. So right now we're still in our mm-hmm. temporary home. So um, once we get January, it's going to be a little dicey again, but then we'll shrink back to a normal schedule and whatnot. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll kind of get there and so on. I know it's just it's always a balancing act to get that going, you know. And you know, mostly I'm filling up my time getting like the. I finally got the Pizza Boys, the latest issue, all finished, drawn, and everything. And I almost got the, I almost got the cover just about done. I've got it like mostly inked and so on, and just got a little bit more stuff to kind of go with there. I'll probably finish that up hopefully today or tomorrow. So it's kind of nice to finally. I got that piece kind of out of the way because that one's been taking me a lot longer than normal. I mean, there's some other things that kind of come into play, and I did write an entire, like, screenplay worth of issues, so it wasn't like it's just, like, one and done, you know, but... Well, as far as Pizza Boys go, it's probably the most, from what you've told me and from what I've seen, it's probably one of the more, like, not saying the rest, you just really phoned it in, but, I mean, this one, (laughs) you you really, it's really kind of, like, push in the series in an experimental direction. And I know this isn't going to be like, this is what the series is from here on out, but it's, it is kind of like a very ambitious thing from compared to what the rest of the series has been. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's that thing. It's, it's an idea that I had forever. And I was like, you know what? I could work this into pizza boys here. And the only thing though is like, I've gotten to the point where it's like, you know, I wrote six issues and it's like, Hmm, you know, this could take its sweet time to make. That's the only downfall, though, like, when you pre-plan ahead. Like, it's kind of nice doing one-and-done issues, like, sitcom style, where you know that, like, hey, whatever, like, the story's done here. Next one will pick up. I can do something completely different. It There is that weird thing that I thought about, like, in the last year where it's like, do I just put this on the back burner for the moment and go with more one-and-done issues so that you don't feel like you get trapped in a kind of a, a wheel of, like, oh, great, now i got to finish all this stuff off, but... I don't know. I, I still, I love the idea so much and I want to go with it and I want to have that, you know, the thing is, is it's a, it's a kind of like an homage to like the classic sort of like late eighties or pretty much eighties in general and nineties, like that kind of surf Kung Fu. I call it like the American martial arts type movies, which generally nobody ever seems to look at as much, but I think there's like something so much fun about that kind of era where you got like American Ninja and three ninjas strike back. Of course, Ninja Turtles is one of the big ones of that kind of sector too, but just there's so many kind of neat things there. Plug in the fighting games and the beat em up games like Double Dragon and Street Fighter and all that kind of stuff. Streets of Rage. There's just a cool era of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and we've covered things like that before on the show, so it's fitting that it work its way into Pizza Boys. And I'm also, like, the fact that you made us characters of a fighting game is one thing, because it's usually just like, <laughs> you're reading, you know, it, it is, you know, you're usually reading it, like, oh yeah, I, I kind of, I know what this, what he's making a joke of, or I know what he is over-exaggerating here, or this situation, that situation, or it's just an inside joke, just elaborated on, where this is like, Oh, well, we've never went to San Santa Cruz and took on, like, a gang of street punks, but all right. What would it have been? Probably not as cool as this, but still, I'll, I'll go along with it, you know, so. Yeah, well, it's that thing that there was that idea just for, you know, growing up, I felt like just, like, 
man, how cool would it be like to be like Ryu and Ken and just go train in Japan? He like, like that was, I felt like I looked at that so hard as being like, man, that would be the ultimate thing. If you could just go to Japan and train in martial arts, you you do what David Lee Roth does when he's in like, you know, his sixties and just says, fuck, I'm going to Japan, going to train there in the martial arts and do that. But you know, it can't all be David Lee Roth, I guess. But I feel like taking that notion of, like, how cool that would be and then doing the thing where it does have that kind of thing where it's, like, throw, you know, regular characters that are going to have a fun, like, hey, we're going to just go train in the martial arts and so on. We'll do it closer than going to Japan, but this is the next best thing. And then kind of having them get thrown into, like, oh, shit, it's almost kind of Coen Brothers-y where now we're thrown into some real-life stuff going on here, you know. And it's still funny, of course, the whole way through, but, like, just one of those ones, like, regular folks getting kind of thrown into, like, a kung fu action movie. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have expected Cohen Brothers, but <laughs> like yeah. a little bit of I Street mean, Fighter, I, a little bit of Streets of Rage, Double Dragon, Cohen Brothers. I, I use Cohen Brothers more for like because a lot of their movies always seem to be like, hey, here's a regular guy, or or you know, whatever, and then next thing you know, they're thrown into like an over the top situation. You know, I mean, that's literally like even like Big Lebowski. You know, he just just wants his fucking rug back. You know, and just all this stuff just keeps going around him. Just wants to go bowl with his buddies. You know. I just like the idea. What if Cohen Brothers did an early '90s OVA? <laughs> It'd be kind of cool to see more, like almost like because that's one thing that's kind of weird. You don't see that very often, where like someone who's like a director of film, you know, director writers or any of that kind of stuff, just goes, you know what, fuck, I'm gonna make like some animation type stuff. Like that. There's that weird, like it doesn't cross that much. I mean, you got Steven Spielberg producing, you know, Animaniacs and things like that, but it's not like Steven Spielberg just has a full on. I guess Tintin was, but um. You know, beyond that, it's not like you see a bunch of stuff. Even like George Lucas, they talk about the book. It's like his his other favorite passion was animation. Of course, I mean, I know that leads to Pixar and everything, but surprised that like he's not out directing more animated stuff. You know, in the last thirty five years, there was a couple of things. Now, George Lucas, this isn't exactly directing, but it's kind of like an Indiana Jones situation, just kind of sad. I don't remember what it was called, but it was poorly received. And he says, "Well, I essentially means like." Well, I essentially made Star Wars for boys, and I got daughters now, so I'm like, well, let me, let me make something I care as much for, but for girls. And he decided he wanted, and this came out, like, I think nearly 10 years ago, but it was like a ju- jukebox musical that was CG animated with, like, trolls and fairies and all that, and pixies and that kind of shit, and... Just I, I don't I couldn't tell you what it was about. Never watched it, but it was a jukebox musical, and the thing got critically panned. And I believe he wrote it and produced it, but I don't know if he directed it. Now, as far as direction goes, there are those ones where you get yeah, like Spielberg directed Ten uh, Ten, but and I guess yeah, I guess we can't really count Ready Player One. But at the same time, fifty percent of that movie is animated, but. Um, at the same time, there is also mm-hmm. uh, I just watched it a little bit ago. Uh, he's one of two directors. Guillermo del Toro directed that claymation Pinocchio movie on Netflix, which a friend of ours worked on. So, um, th- that, yeah, th- and that one looked really cool. It was really good, actually. Like that movie, like I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but I was like, oh, that's a cool idea right there. I, I'll say this um, without going too much into it. Two two things. I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Two things about it, though. Beginning, you hate Pinocchio. You fucking hate Pinocchio because he's not like a, he, it's more act. It's just it's just like a shitty kid. Like he's just going around like fucking pulling pranks on people. Yeah, because in the original books, you know, Disney made him like just a shy, like not a shy, but like 
a little kid who just didn't know better. And to this, this is more of a kid that doesn't know better. But he's a lot more lovable in the original Disney movie. And this, he is what an annoying, shitty little kid who's curious would be. But the thing is, the movie goes on. You'll learn to like him. Because the first, like, 10, 15 minutes, like, this fucking kid. And you're in Japan. But, but at the same time, it's also, it's, like, very different. Like, it's still, it still hits all the beats of what Pinocchio's story is. But rather than being, like, a blue fairy, it's like, oh, it's, like, the goddess of death and the goddess of light. And it takes place during World War II. So Mussolini finds out, like, you know, there's, there's like, a fascist who wants to train Pinocchio and Cinnamon and Mussi, Mussi, uh, uh, Mussolini's army Mussolini. because he can't he can't die. So there's all these like aspects of it, and plus it's oh, but I can feel pain. <laughs> like just getting railed by fucking bullets walking in. <laughs> it's like I won't go into everything, but it's it's a little bit more. They they have like explanations for a lot of the stuff, and it's actually it's it's a movie more about like to hey kids like. It's kind of about, like, kids, every day, someday, we're all going to die. It's kind of like what the movie's saying, which is, like, kids got to know now. they got to find out. And then on top of that, it's also, like, it, I'm going to say of all Guillermo del Toro's movies, it probably has more in line with Pan's Labyrinth. Now, I, unfortunately, I don't remember the name of the other director. Another director who worked on it is somebody who worked on a lot of... Um, claymation stuff so it was probably Guillermo del Toro coming in with an idea and a vision and somebody who's worked in stop motion for a long time so it's like okay I know how to do that yeah I just Guillermo del Toro just sitting over his shoulder look, <laughs> looking at Adam arms crossed yeah I don't know you know what I know you just spent you know the last you know 15 hours on that but eh scrap it go something different I got a new idea name? well our, our, our friend who shall remain nameless who, who did work on it who was one of the um set dressers and did some of the um, construction of the, the characters and scenes uh, she told me that like oh well, I mean I didn't really I wasn't like bullshitting with him all the time but whenever I talked to him he was really cool he was understanding and we'd always try to come and meet some middle I mean he was a guy who very much had a vision very much wanted this way but he was never a dick about it at least that's what I remember she she told me so um, but at the same time though like there's another example I could think of like a, a director with a body of work who did do an animated movie. I mean, well, I guess there's um, Brad Bird who did a bunch of animation that went on to live action. But then um, there's like mm -hmm. uh, Gore, Gore Verbinski because he did like the Mexican, the, the first three Pirates movies, Mouse Hunt, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Ring, the, the Ring. And then he later went on to do Rango. And it, it, it's kind of sad because Rango, I'm not going to lie, that's a really good movie. It's like, because I went, to, I saw that movie, it took like a, a cousin to see it. And I was just like, this is going to just be some, I mean, it'll be whatever. You know, I see it has come with this Western theme. I'm watching like, oh, this is a legitimate love letter to Westerns. This is like, not like, yeah, it's a comedy, but it is a legitimate love letter to Westerns and storytelling. And it was really good. Yeah. And then, um... And then I hear he's doing Lone Ranger. I'm like, oh, well, if he's doing it live action, it's going to be even better. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Lone Ranger, was, it was okay. It just wasn't, it should be, it should have been amazing. I feel like that it should have been Pirates of the Caribbean good. And it was like, just, eh, you know, one of those. And granted, I guess I'll say this. 
There's animator or there's directors doing like CG animation and things like that. I guess in my mind, whenever whenever I say animation, I picture 2D animation. Like that's the first thing that comes to my mind. It's like, oh yeah, there's I forgot there's the there's the other animations too. But what I was thinking more is like a straight up a real like 2D animated film. You know, because also there's Tim Burton. I guess he's also probably got the biggest of them all. If you want to look at it that well, way. Well, Tim Burton didn't even direct Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, he came up with the story. Oh. He, that, that's literally I, I that's literally like him saying. I got kind of an idea, and I got some drawings, and you guys do that, I'm going to go off this way and make, like, something else. And then, like, he'd peek in, how's it coming along, guys? No, no, not like that, like this. Okay, bye. And it goes away. And then, um, God, I'm I'm forgetting the name of all these stop-motion directors, but he's done a lot. He's done, he's like, he's like, he's like. See, see, that's the thing. It's like I feel bad for ever directing Nightmare Before Christmas because that means that like that guy's, you know, nobody's like, you know, when he goes like, hey, you know what I made? I made Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, dude, you're, you're not Tim Burton, you fucking lying piece of shit. And that's the thing. <laughs> Be like, no, 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 man, I'm the guy I did. No, no, you're just taking credit for some guy's works. You probably were like, you know, like I don't know, the toilet scrubber on that movie or something like that, like because you look like that kind of guy. Because they didn't, they didn't hire outside work. You mean, you mean the no, that's too much of a title for you. You were not the janitor. That's a real man's job. <laughs> they, didn't hire, they didn't hire a third-party company to come in and scrub the toilets. They had someone in-house do that. Hey, when you're done making that, like, uh, uh, Mr. Oogie Boogie sculpture, go <laughs> clean the fucking toilet. <laughs> now, I'm going to look this dude's name up because he's, he's, a, he's a big – he's done a lot of them. Um, no, he was um, – because that was literally a case of, like – because it was Disney was like, what the fuck is this wacky ass shit? We're making a Christmas horror claymation movie for kids and it's feature length. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> uh, at least throw Tim Burton's name on. It's like, oh, okay, so that's why it's so wacky and maybe people will give a shit. And then they, at the last minute, changed it from like a Disney production to like, uh, put this under Touchstone because. We don't want this shit selling Disney. Now it's just like, check this shit out. It is fucking Disney. <laughs> yeah, don't they have like a fucking cafe in like Disneyland that's like Nightmare Before Christmas now? I don't know. Maybe they do. Or something like maybe that. Maybe they do. I, I haven't been there in so long. I want to say, I mean, not when I was there last time, but I didn't. I wasn't walking around the whole park last time I was there. But I remember there was like a Nightmare Before Christmas store, but it might be closer to October, November or something like that. Um, but yeah, I want to say I remember the store being there, you know, 14, 15 years ago, last time I was there. But, um, it's weird. Cause that, when that movie came out, I remember like seeing it like in class. Cause one of the girls brought it in Taylor Jordan. She had like it on VHS. She's like, oh, I want to watch this one. And I remember like, I hated all those Tim Burton, like animated movies when I was a kid, I could not stand that animation and so on like that. And I've literally never watched it ever since then. I've stuck to like my like second grade, whatever, like biased of like that animation and just never gone back and watched it. And one of these days I always say, I'm like, I should go back and just watch it. Cause I probably would enjoy it nowadays. Cause now I got that like open mind where I'm like, I can take all the weird animation and so on like that, you know? But I yeah. guess when I was a kid, it was just like, if it wasn't like X-Men, Batman, the animated series or like Johnny Quest, that's, if it, was, if it didn't look like that style, I didn't want to see it. Yeah, so he is a – the guy who did this is a big stop-motion guy, and um, it's kind of like you'll see big, long periods. So he did Nightmare Before Christmas. He did James and the Giant Peach. His name's Henry Selleck. Uh, so, and he's, like, considered mm-hmm. to be one of the go-tos for a lot of um, that stuff. Um, he uh, directed Coraline, which is a really good movie. Um, okay. 
he directed Monkey Bone. They can't all be winners, but hey, he tried. You know, he he really is he that the really... one Brendan Fraser, Monkey Bone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a movie that like like I think I've only seen like maybe parts of it on TV, but I almost kind of want to go back and watch like it all the way through nowadays because I feel like it would be much more interesting watching that movie in hindsight. Sort of. I wouldn't mind checking it out. I remember I wanted to see it. I was like the only one in my group of friends who wanted to see it at the time in middle school, and like that movie looks fucking stupid. Like, I think it's going to be pretty good. And then I watched it, and then, like, everyone's just like, this movie fucking sucks. I'm like, oh, it does kind of sucks. Maybe maybe in hindsight, if I do go back and see it, it would be, like, maybe a weird artistic, like, because sometimes there's those weird movies just swing, and they just, like, maybe they miss, but there are some interesting ideas in it. I remember it's like he he's, he creates a character, and then he goes, he gets, he's a cartoonist, he creates a character, he goes into a coma, and then he's in this land of comas, and then his character monkey bone steals his body and is controlling him out in the world causing mischief and then there's all these other creators down in the same spot like even stephen king is down there it's like well, wait who's your spiritual animal who's your spirit animal that kind of guided you down here like Cujo, are you fucking? I wrote. I, I used to write like. i was just waiting to be like cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> a better one. Just, <laughs> just followed the white line right here. No, it's like. Because the joke was like, oh, yeah, I used to, I wanted to write happy, feel-good stories. But now, you know, my Cujo wanted to tell, like, scary stories. So he's, now we never saw any of those other characters, but they just referenced that. So I'm not even going to show my body. So that, I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. And then his most recent movie was that Jordan Peele uh, produced and written uh, movie, uh, Wendell and Wild, which that movie was interesting. I liked it. It didn't blow me away, but I did enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that monkey bone one, as I said, the, just the description you give of that makes me feel like, God, see, I, I do kind of want to see that. That's just a very interesting concept. That movie's so bizarre and kind of wacky, you know, and I'm not saying it's going to be maybe like the greatest thing, but it's definitely going to feel like, hey, here's something that's not like anything else. Well, knowing it's that director, I kind of want to give it a second chance just because, you know, because I want to say the monkey was claymation and be like one of those things where it was like different styles and all that, you know? I think it's trying to do that like weird thing. Like somebody saw like like Cool World. Like let's take another stab at Cool World. We can maybe do something a little more like you know trying to do that adult animation kind of thing. But then it just kind of back backfired to some extent. Yeah, well, it's, the the adult like kind of combo animation thing has always been a tough one for people to try to get across. It's just like it's one of those ones. I think it's just. I don't know if it's just the average person can't handle it because you're almost making a movie too artsy by that point, you know? You know, because that was even kind of like how Cool World was, except for Cool World was like one of those ones, like, I felt like that could have been a little bit more exciting than it really... I... Like, I, when, when I remember when I found that DVD or whatever it was, I was like, dude, there's a Brad Pitt movie that's like, he's like in an animation world and everything like that. You know, it's kind of like Who Frayed and Roger Rabbit, but, you know, you got um, Ralph Bakshi on here. I'm like, this got to be amazing. And I remember watching, like, yeah, that was gonna be a little bit more. I haven't seen it in like years. I remember only seeing like parts of it when I was a kid, but it was one of those because the idea of like a PG because I mean I, I didn't really know what different ratings were, but the idea of a PG thirteen animated movie it must be some real raw shit. Now I'm like it's probably very tame <laughs> in, by today's standards, but the, at the same time though, I I just I think sometimes those kind of things like even some of that like like uh, 80s, late 70s, kind of like air quotes, adult animation. I think a lot of times it was, they were doing that weird balancing act where it's like, we're trying to be for adults, but at the same time, we're also, we know there's some animation nerds 
and they all they're not they're definitely not in the common public they're definitely not the they're definitely not the majority of people so when we make like a weird silly slapsticky like aruga kind of joke people are like what the fuck is this you're trying to sh- present me some adult shit and you have all this silly cartoon slapsticky shit like well you, you were trying to, it's 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 referencing the media i'm like yeah i don't get i don't give a shit i don't i don't watch Looney tunes no more you know so and it were if they did it like all serious and none of that at the same time, it's just kind of like, I can't take this shit seriously. It's a cartoon, you know? Yeah, it's a weird connection. Because that was the thing about Cool World. I remember because it, it really goes hardcore on, like, the, you know, the, the, the real old school animation. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that or something like that. But sometimes that stuff can be, it can seem kind of weird. Like, once again, it works for Roger Rabbit. But some of the stuff can almost be a little bit jarring, you know, if you're trying to go up the adult one. And then you kind of got all the weird, goofy, slapsticky stuff in there, too. Well, Roger Rabbit is just a good I mean, I haven't seen it in years, but it's such a good movie on multiple levels because mm-hmm. all the slapsticky stuff makes sense and all the adult jokes, they pull back enough, but they they're still really present and any adult it's it's not like at the time you weren't used to seeing like implied like the whole part they're like doing patty cake and it just cuts and you see like Bob Hoskins watch like patty cake oh patty cake patty cake and then like they're actually just literally playing patty cake and like that's like <laughs> Roger she's playing patty cake that fucking whore you know? so, it's just like, so you know just that like and plus that I, that was actually that was a movie that had a lot of good character development and stuff and I think that you're willing to accept the wackiness and zaniness and parents took their kids to see it like whatever i guess so oh it's funnier and more clever than i thought it would be yeah exactly it's kind of weird i want to say the dvd copy i have of it has two different discs and it has like an edited kids version and then like the normal like director's cut whatever like and the edited kids versions are like kids are so fucking stupid nowadays slap this movie in full screen too because you know what they're not going to understand what the bars on the top and bottom are going to mean because this is still like pre- Pretty before you had an HD TV, or if you did, you were rich. You know, like it's like that kind of like version, and it's kind of weird that like it has that. Like we we don't want kids questioning this. You know what I mean? Just parents throw it on. You know, I mean, your kids are fucking stupid version. Well, I'm not gonna lie with that movie. Even though I really loved it back when I, was, I, mean, I still like that movie a lot. But when, when I saw it as a kid, even though I loved it, I'd have to almost kind of like cringe and brace myself for the Christopher Lloyd scene when his eye when his glasses come off because <laughs> when he his cartoon eyes and like doing the high pitched screaming thing, like that is legitimately fucking freaky as a kid. Oh yeah, still is even to this day. It's amazing, like kind of some of the stuff they got going on in that one. The way he kills the shoe too, like that you can't help like this little shoe making this like like wounded puppy noise as he's being dropped into like the the acid or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's one of those ones I I, I would like to kind of go back to that because I feel like that's how I've been in like a mood where it's just like going back and sort of watching those movies like i feel like there's that kind of thing that like once like sort of a decade passes then it's like some of these movies i haven't seen in such a long time because you know you're you know you're catching up on new stuff always and then you know there's always just the other mysterious movies you've just never seen so you're watching those but then sometimes it goes like boy you're like man there's some of these like fantastic movies and i haven't watched it forever you know well, speaking on new shit, I haven't seen it. I just know that you usually see whatever comes out as soon as possible. Did you by chance see the new Avatar yet? You know, I haven't seen that one yet. I saw Violent Night instead because I missed out on that one on opening day. So I'm like, I got to make sure I see this movie because I'm afraid that it's going to get knocked off real quick the second that all these movies kind of come out, you know. And 
I wouldn't mind. This is the thing about Avatar. When that first one came out, I remember seeing the, the initial trail. I was like, dude, this looks badass. James Cameron, this could be so cool. And then they showed the blue people, and I was like, well, that CG looks kind of like crap. And I know that that's not like what was like everybody else was saying, but I just remember kind of like, oh, that looks kind of lame. Eh, whatever. So I just even bypassed the theaters. I didn't even watch it. I was like, whatever. I caught it later on. I can't remember if I rented it from something or watched it off TV. I remember watching it and go, hey, you know, it was okay. It, that, that was how I felt. I'm like, I didn't dislike it, but I didn't really like it. I, it's another one that I wouldn't mind giving another go to and watching it with a, you know, because that probably would have been like right there at the. I feel like there's that, there's that sort of a cynical like filmmaker time period where you're like in your late teens to like early 20s, like almost like high school, college years. And I think it fell kind of right at the very end of that where arms crossed be like this isn't true lies you know what i mean like you get that kind of thing going on so said probably no film school student <laughs> yeah exactly so i wouldn't mind kind of going back into it but it's even like when i see the i saw when i watched the trailer over and over as like the months kind of went on leading up to it it's that thing where it's like you know if it wasn't james cameron i don't think i'd have any desire to go see it I feel like I'm only going to see it for James's behalf. <laughs> you know what? Like, and I'm not saying it's probably one of those ones I'll probably enjoy it. And I, I probably will go see it. I can't imagine not seeing it because one, might as well go see it in theaters anyways. And two, there's really, once again, there's not that many movies coming out this year, which is so bizarre. You know, it's like this week I want to go see that new Brad Pitt movie because it's got Brad Pitt in it. And, but um, other than that though, there's like only like a couple other movies and then it's like years over and you're like, I just say the days. Remember the days like when we would literally be it'd be like Christmas vacation and we would be at the movie theater like every fucking day for like a week and a half straight to catch up on everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it seems like as the years gone on, there's been kind of like less Christmas movies coming out or less movies around Christmas time at least. But um, yeah. Avatar was one of those ones where I was kind of like, you know, I saw the first one and I liked it, but I wasn't blown away. And I know a lot of people who didn't like. I don't want to sound like a elitist prick or like a snob or anything but a lot of people who don't weren't really into sci-fi and didn't play a lot of video games or didn't watch a lot of anime a lot of those people are like whoa I've never seen anything like this I'm like don't get me wrong it, it took leaps forward in like visual like you know a movie like CG and all, all that kind of stuff and technology for making movies it, it, it jumped forward I'm not going to deny that but it's like, oh, like, that world, everything in it, like, I, I can show you, like, a lot of things over here, but, oh, I'm sorry, it's it's an anime, or, oh, I'm sorry, you have to read, my bad, you know, so it's kind of how I sort of felt, like, I thought it was kind of overrated, I mean, it was basically just dances with Smurfs at the end of the day, and I had to steal a joke from, from South Park, but it really was just dances with wolves, but blue people, and it does have some yep. of that, like, James Cameron kind of, like, the way how he has some like interesting world building and everything did look really cool, but it was by no means like the greatest movie of all time. And this one, it's three hours and ten minutes. Three hours yeah, I, and ten. I gotta clear some shit out of my day for three hours and ten minutes. And not 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 only that, um, I live. It's probably a movie with some subtitles in it at some point. And that usually would not be a problem for me, but I'm living in the Netherlands, and I still need to learn Dutch. So if I'm going to spend three hours and ten minutes in a movie, which I don't know sure how much of it's going to have subtitles, but I know at some point they're going to be speaking Navi to each other. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. how long is this shit going to go on for? How long do I, before I have to parse together, you know? So <laughs> it, 
it's that's the reason I was mainly going to ask you if you saw because I want to know how many subtitles are in it if there's a lot of it or if there's minimal because that's going to decide if I see the movie in a little while or not but apparently the movie tanked because it was so expensive it would have to be one of those record-breaking box office movies where it made a lot of money but not like enough to make that big like splashy thinks it's going to be like dude I mean this kind of came out a little late on this one dude well, I think that's the thing is like the you know it's got literally no competition right now. That's like the the weird part is like there's you know if you're gonna go to the theater, there's like three other movies you can go see right now. It's really kind of bizarre. There's just nothing out. So I mean, and the other movies have already been out for a while. The only thing that's gonna kind of compete is coming up is the new Brad Pitt movie. But um, What's it's that, that thing that the Babylon, the 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 early 1920s oh, film shit. one. When's that coming? Yeah, I wanted to see that. It literally comes out this Thursday. Like it, it's one of those movies that flew on. I remember oh we saw, we saw the trailer. It felt like six months ago, and I totally forgot about it. Like I totally I saw it once. You know, I mean, I want to say maybe I saw the trailer when uh, Bullet Train came out. It, that might have been it. And then they never played it ever again. Never played that trailer. And then all of a sudden, this movie's kind of coming out like. And that movie's like three hours and ten minutes long, too. I don't know why that one's so goddamn long, but I'm still looking super forward to that. That was one of my most anticipated movies of the year, and I forgot it was coming out. Because I just saw the trailer, and like, it looks like 1920s Wolf of Wall Street, but it is, aside from the fact Margot Margot Robbie's in it, but about Hollywood. I'm like, I'm all fucking for it. Even like the first ad they showed was like... It was the Paramount logo, and it, you saw like the, the the Paramount logo was white, and you saw the stars disappearing as you heard go, some go. I'm like, all right, I'm already sold. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like, and then like you know, Margot Robbie at some point in the trailer is like, "Who wants to watch me fight a fucking snake?" And Brad Pitt's just like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> so I'm like, no, no, I, I, I that that movie, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go out of my way three hours and ten minutes for that. That's, that's how I feel too because I mean like I feel like it's going to be like Wolf of Wall Street and it's just like so I, I'm getting pumped for that one but kind of going back to Avatar I do think it's one of those ones because that was that movie like you said where like I hate to sort of say it but like just the the layman kind of film go- person who's not really in the movies and so on they, they were the mind blown if you will yeah, like, you know, not the sophisticated film, you know, Goa, but the, the people who see it on TBS, you know, and don't know the difference that the movie's cut. Not the people you who know. enjoy such things as Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Silent Night. <laughs> exactly, unlike us sophisticated filmmakers, but um, it's one night. of those ones that... um. um you know, it was the same way that, like, when Inception came out. And don't go wrong, I like Inception, but I remember the people that were blown away by Avatar were the same people that were like, they watched Inception, like, my mind's fucking blown, man. Like, shit, shit that goes into one mind, you go to it. It's like, you didn't see The Matrix? Like, it's, I mean, it's kind of in that same ballpark, you know what I mean? Shit goes in the shell or something like that, you know? Oh, you didn't. Okay. Don't worry, don't worry. You know what? Have your mind be blown. It's, it's okay. You know, and I felt that was the same way that kind of Avatar was too. It felt like you know, there's these other big movies and properties out there that are like it, and so on. But whatever. But at the end of the day, I think because James Cameron just doesn't do movies anymore, shit, it's kind of weird to think that like the last movie he did was Avatar. The last movie he did before that was Titanic. So like in like 30 years, he has literally only done two movies, just including his underwater adventures. 
James Cameron, savior of the sea. <laughs> exactly. Um, on his search for Aquaman and Submariner, <laughs> you know. Um, Beyond that, it's just, it's just really bizarre to have a director that big and that prolific to kind of fall off the face of the earth. I mean, and then once, I mean, granted, when he does come with a movie, he comes with a bang. It's not saying that, like, he's making these, like, flops or something like that. But the thing is, it's one of those ones, it's just like, that just seems weird to go, like, that long and not make a movie. I mean, I'm not saying he's not involved with other stuff. It's kind of like that, you know, he's probably got all his other projects. Of course, he's got, like, the underwater research and... You know, he works on, like, you know, when he did, like, Battle Angel Alita, you know, he was, like, producer on that. So it's not like he's not doing anything, you know. But even still, that's just such a long time period. Because then, like, before Titanic, it, it True Lies is the one before that. And that's 94. That's still, like, four or five years before Titanic. Yeah. Well, I also feel like something about that is just, yeah. He seems like the kind of guy who just, he wants to make a movie strictly with, like, he doesn't want to rush it out there. He wants to make it when he feels the technology is there because he has really high standards. And the more I see and hear about James Cameron, he is a really good artist, and he is really... Well, he's really... I'll be honest. I think his better films... Disinclude... I mean, you know, Avatar... Avatar... I mean, I haven't seen Avatar 2 yet, but Titanic. I mean, I don't know. I guess... I mean, Abyss is kind of like whatever to me. But, um, of course, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, True Lies... Um, Aliens... Aliens. I mean, I, Aliens is one of my favorite movies of all time. So, in, in True Lies is my favorite Arnold movie. So, um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where the guy's made like some just like he's made some just pure cinema art. But at the exact same time, I feel like he's more focused on. I mean, sometimes directors do this, but I feel like now he's more focused on spectacle and blowing you away with technology because. And I'm not trying to discredit him, but I think because I think his wife was one of his um, main writers with him, and when they broke up, I don't I think that yeah, because she, she did Point Break. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, I think it was I'm not sure if it was Patty Jenkins. It may have not Patty Jenkins. Um, not Patty Jenkins. I forgot her name. Uh, not Point Break. Not Point Break. It's a- it wasn't Patty. Name. Well, because she's also the Elizabeth. same lady in The Hurt Locker. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on her name right now because I love Point Break. That's like one of my favorite movies. But um, I know, yeah, I, I'm drawing a blank on her name too. But um, she's also got that vampire movie in like the '80s. I remember there was a period where I watched like all her movies because I was I love Point Break so much that I watched everything she pretty much did. Ironically, I don't think I've ever Catherine seen The Hurt Bigelow? Locker though. Yes, there Catherine we go. That's Bigelow? it. That's it. I don't know if it was Catherine Bigelow, but um, like. I think a lot of his movies, the, the writing kind of suffered because apparently she was well, once they weren't working together anymore. I think a lo- like a lot of their mo- his movies suffered a little bit, you know, where it wasn't. Cause, I mean, Aliens had some really good character development and really good. Even yeah, sure, they're all kind of stereotypes to a certain degree, but they all still kind of stood out in one way or another. Even Bill Paxton's character, who was just kind of like. Because the whole movie is a critique on machoism, but still being like a balls the wall badass action thriller, like horror mm-hmm. film, you know. So it's one of those things that uh, I'm not saying that he doesn't. In, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, don't come out and talk shit on how much Marvel is fucking up. And it's just like, dude, I'll, I'll watch <laughs> Ant Man before I watch the bl- three hours of the Blue People, dude. Yeah, well, plus that, that Ant-Man 3 movie, like, I don't want to get too high hopes, but that trailer looks really good, so. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Ant Man too. We're both kind of meh about Ant Man too. Yeah, Ant Man, Ant Man, the Wasp, Quantumania looks badass. It, it it looks really good. As I said, I don't want to get my hopes too high because that's what I did with Ant Man too, and it kind of petered out. But uh, that one looks there. But it's that thing with James Cameron because realistically, in my book, like. His last really amazing movie was True Lies. That's a long time ago. I mean, now, Titanic, I'm wrong, it's a pinnacle of film creation. And it's, I'm not saying it's not enjoyable, but it's not like one of those, to me, it's like, I don't throw that movie on all the time. Shit, I haven't watched that movie since the VHS era. I've never even seen it on DVD. You know, the only time I saw it in widescreen was in the theaters. Goes to show how long it's been since I've kind of seen it. And I'm not saying that, like, I would if I watched it again, I wouldn't enjoy it. But it's kind of the same thing with Avatar. I'll give it another go. I have it on DVD sitting in the house, you know. And I said, I'll see the new one because, one, we don't have tons of choices. And, two, it's like, I feel like you maybe you'll get more out of it seeing it in cinemas. I'll say that this is a little off topic, and I apologize for steering it wrong, but I just think of, like, one second. One, one quick second. I apologize. Hey, no worries. I'll just stare at that painting in the background there. Oh, I was gonna say I didn't hear the beep until right now, but you know, you know how exciting beeps are. Keep you engaged, keep you keep you going. Anyway, um, uh, think of that you're line. Gonna, whenever I think of gonna, Titanic, before I think of Titanic, I think of like the bit from like Eastbound and Down, versus like, just like yeah, we we named our daughter after Rose. After Rose, yeah, her favorite movie, Titanic, which where she, Rose, the character played by Mace, Miss Kate Winslet, like, you name your kid after fucking movies? What's his name? Shrek? <laughs> God, that, that show's so good. <laughs> that's like one of those ones that like, I remember because that's like one of those things where like I showed my dad that show and he just thinks it's like one of the greatest things ever. Sometimes I think my dad would almost like he would have perspired very well like as like a '90s kid because going into it, his two favorite things in life is Jackass and South Park. Like Steve-O, <laughs> my my dad watches anything that Steve-O's on. Like he probably knows more about Steve-O than the average person. He's listening to the Steve-O podcast on his way to work. <laughs> and I actually started listening to that like not that long ago because well Kevin Smith was on like. I was like, since Kevin Smith's not doing that many podcasts, I'm like, where can I? Where else can I find him? Like, every once in a while, he like pops onto other ones. Oh, let's see what this is like. Kevin Smith and Steve-O. This sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. What's well, a mashup? I never would have thought of. That makes sense. I, Kevin Smith is on Tom Segura's podcast, uh, Your Mom's House, a little bit ago. So that was just. It's sometimes interesting just seeing like. I mean, it makes sense. They're, they're, they they live in. Well, I mean, Tom Segura lives in Austin now, but I mean, they're all yeah. they're all in that comedy comedy world but at the same time you think like oh right right i guess yeah i guess they could meet couldn't they you know they both do have big podcasts but at the same time though um yeah going back to titanic for a second like that's one of those movies i remember it was a big deal for kids at least just because of course all the girls liked it of course all the girls liked it and all the well, there guys tits in, in a pg-13 movie yeah, exactly. There's tits in a PG-13 movie, so you could all watch it, even though your parents are like, leave the room for the minute, and you're like, okay, and then, like, luckily there's a mirror, if I angle it this way, like, awesome, you know? And well, then, well, on top of the, that, If you're in the cinema, what are they going to do? You're, you're in the cinema already. I didn't see it in theaters, but the, but then, and then off the top, at the end, aside from the t- tits, people, like, once the the boat, like, gets hit, I mean, kids be like, all right, whatever, all right, whatever. And then once you see the tits, and then once you see, like, the thing capsize, and people are dying, so it's probably like, 
oh my god, the whore! And the guy hits the side of the pedal, like, bing, boom, you know? And then that's the part where all the kids, all the boys were jumping in, like, fuck yeah! You know? So I, I think that it's one of those things that, like, um, even if it's not your favorite movie, for a lot of 90s kids, that's a big part of your, your you know, a big part of, like, you know, like, growing up, really. Oh, yeah, that movie's nostalgic as fuck, realistically, when it comes down to that. And even like that, like, I was thinking, like, I had friends that would be like, I only watched the second VHS, that's the only part I watch of it, <laughs> which is all the disaster <laughs> stuff, you know? Leave the lovey-dovey stuff out of the way there and so on. And I, I feel like, yeah, as a straight-up disaster movie and all that kind of stuff, I mean, there, it, it, there is a lot of good stuff going on there. And I'm just saying, like, I probably, live, I probably, if I watched it again, I would enjoy the living daylights of it i mean you know what i mean just in that kind of way and just a nostalgic take to it and knowing where i was in third grade watching because i remember like you'd be that one but it's like you know you you'd go see that in theaters i think i saw it like in theaters probably like twice because it was just in theaters for fucking ever so you'd be at like somebody's house and be like oh we're going to go see titanic you'd be like okay sure whatever and you go to the cinema and it's like packed to the fucking brim like stuff that i feel like you'll never see that ever again where movie theaters were so packed you especially won't see them where like i've had that thing where they used to be get the movies would get so packed to be like, oh, we don't really have any chairs, so you just fucking find a place on the floor to sit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I don't think I don't know. Titan- Titanic. I remember being so packed one of the times seeing it that I had to just sit in like the total front row. But when I saw Space Jam and when I saw um, Space Jam, I had to sit in the aisle. That's how like packed it was. You know, no fire codes. I guess back in those days. And also when I saw um, shit, um, Kings of New York. Gangs in New York, thank you for remembering my own history. Um, that one, they literally made us sit in the... In San Francisco, we just fucking sat in, like, the aisle as well, too. Like, some kind of, like, homeless kids. You know, and that movie's, like, three hours long, so you're sitting in the aisle just like... <laughs> I mean, I guess as a kid, it didn't, didn't bother you as much. If I was an adult son, they'd be like, this is kind of uncomfortable. Can you at least get some, like, pads or something over here? Well, no, you're, you're already in here. There's the exit, you take, fuck you, off. Can you just, like, take that, ba- like, bag of, like, you know, thrown out popcorn and I'll just, like, turn into, like, a bean bag right here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just give me that trash bag. I don't <laughs> care. Well, like, going on Gings in New York for a second, that that one... Um, Sir, we're going to throw that popcorn out. Stop eating it. Ah, fuck it. It's here already. Ah. <laughs> trash is right by there. Like, oh, cool. Some half-eaten milk duds. Um... <laughs> Uh, score. Gangs of New York is one of those movies because, like, Leo, you know, when you're a kid, n- yeah, now Leo is, like, one of the biggest actors ever, and everyone loves him. But when yeah. he was, like, a teen heartthrob, it was, like, just, it's it just genetics. Whatever the girls like, you hate. Just the girl, yeah. you just hate, you just, because the girls like him, so you gotta hate him. And that followed me longer than it probably should have. And I remember just being like, oh, yeah, Titanic, fucking bullshit, whatever. <laughs> and then, like, um, and then I eventually saw Gangs in New York. Well, it says fucking Titanic in it. Oh, okay, whatever. I mean, just, well, I heard it's good, so I'll just tough it out. I'm like, okay. okay. It's also another three-hour movie. But I, he's like, okay, okay, he's, he, he's okay in this. He's okay in this. And then by the time he comes, by the time I saw him in Departed, I'm like, okay. Okay, I, I'm the one who's being the bitch. I'm the one who's wrong. You, 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 the Departed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, well, I remember that same thing, too, because I remember that was also it when seeing Gangs in New York. It's like, oh, it's got Leo in it. Come on, man. Like, you know, it's like, and it's weird because I remember I watched Man the Iron Mask, but I probably watched that kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's cool because it's like history and stuff, but I got to put up with Leo, which he does a great job. And he does a great job in everything, no matter what it is, you know, but you get this weird bias thing, you know, like for some reason, I don't know what it is, just like this man thing. And the funny thing, too, is I noticed that what happens is women will have the heartthrobs and then it, they'll come a point where they just drop them off on the fucking side of the road and be like fuck that guy never again you know like I always picture Tom Cruise had that problem the second that he fucking jumped on that couch the women fucking walked out of the room and then the men were like it's okay man time let's get our dicks out right now have some action party going on come on Tom it's okay <laughs> how long we got and a swing beast we got Top Gun Maverick come on we need Top Gun too. give it to us <laughs> And then ever since then, like, you know, Tom Cruise was just like, he's just all man, and that's just, they don't care. It's okay. Who cares the women don't want to watch you anymore, Tom? You got the boys now. You know what I mean? Exactly. He, you know that song, Playing with the Boys? we have been doing that all night. All night. There's nothing gay about it. Like, guys look at me like that. Like, we're just man time, you know? And then same thing even happened to Brad Pitt. Like, he doesn't really have an exact reason. Like, there probably is. It probably had something to do with Angelina Jolie or something. But the women jumped ship on him, and then he just started to become, like, all man. And it almost felt like it was around, like, the Troy era. Because it was just, like, one of those ones, I don't know, maybe men just saw him naked and be like, you know what? I can be like that if I put some effort in, maybe, and try to live the dream. Maybe I can be half as good as Achilles, and then from that point on, Brad Pitt became, like, the all-man guy, and it was, and the same thing happened to Leo, too, like, the women, you know, dropped him off at the curb one day, you know, and then all of a sudden, he started doing kind of the action movies, and I think that's where he started picking up, as being like, no, this guy's a fucking amazing actor. Well, Brad Pitt, he was, because he was, you know, people think, okay, the, um, the pickpocket from Thelma and Louise, and that, the guy from that cool world movie or whatever but he was in a bunch of movies in the 90s and like late 80s and where he was just you know trying to be experimental just real actor type stuff but stuff that would know that a lot of people didn't know about and whether ranging quality movie uh, quality of the movies ranged but he was always playing a lot of different types of characters and then you know there's i think epitome like two epitomes of brad pitt which was um Fight Club, which were like, okay, yeah. okay, and then there was, in which that kind of le- like, I'm not going to see everything he's in, but I like this one. And then you get to Troy, and Tr- I don't know if you could have like, you know, being a bunch of like, like 14, 15 year old like boys seeing like this dude just waking up three women around him, like, <laughs> okay, like some little some little kid rocks him like, Milord, there's a Goliath out there. He wants to kill you. Like, all right, give me my fucking sword. Boy, I don't want to fight him. I should die. That's why no one's remember your name, you fucking little bitch. <laughs> you know, exactly. You know, I almost wish it's like, because in that time period beforehand, like I didn't notice till much later, but then you also get the hillbilly Brad Pitt stuff in like the 90s, like California. And there's another movie that literally, it's just like California. It was like a made for TV movie, but it's got him and uh, Juliet, or not, yeah, Juliet Lewis is in it too, just the same, you know, and it's almost that same thing, like trailer trash, you know, people on the run. I almost picture just Brad Pitt, like having that, you had the drunk Batman voice almost going on in that California movie. Just him and Troy be like, that's right, boy, no one's going to remember your name. Let old Kelly's go out there and show you how it's done. You can put pants on? Fuck, do I ain't going to put pants on? You know what? <laughs> Where I'm going, I ain't going to need pants. 
He's going out there. He no, what, what he's doing? He's going out there. He's wearing like the tap part, part tap part, top part of his armor, the boots, and even the little like like little like ro- like little like Roman skirt thing, grease skirt thing, just kind of flaps in the wind, like. But still, <laughs> no fucking pants. So. No pants. <laughs> So like that part, even that part where like, cause you know, you, that, when that movie opens up and you're expecting like this big awesome fight, he just runs by, just stabs a guy on the side of the neck, just keeps walking like, what? And just like kind of looks at, looks at like, um, William Stryker from X-Men 2, like, fuck you, what you gonna do about it, you know? But the sad thing about that, we all knew it going in, if you know the, if you know the, 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 the mythology and all that, but just yeah. the whole thing of like, but the whole thing of like, Orlando Bloom is gonna kill him? Really? <laughs> that that little bitch? He I mean, like he seems even more like a bitch in this movie than he does in the book. You know what I mean? Well, it's also one thing of just kind of like, hey, I know we've been at war for a while. There's only one thing we have to do, and it's not even written down because I don't think we need to write it down. Don't fuck the bat, the enemy's wife. That's the only thing you got to do. <laughs> Okay, okay. I mean, it's, it's not written down. I don't know why I have to say it, but just don't. Okay, cool. What the fuck, agreement, Paris? Right? Paris, what the fuck? What the fuck? What? Like, did, you, did you not... Oh, my fucking God. Just... What? And like, well, you know, his, 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 her, her, her husband's kind of a dick. Yeah, he probably is, but... Is it really worth it? Look at her. All right, yeah, but still, I mean, fuck, dude, you know. Dude, it's going to take Odysseus ten fucking years to get home now. (laughs) You know, there were so many people getting like the, all right, guys, pack the swords. It looks like we don't need this horse. Like, shit. Okay, wheel the horse back out. All right. (laughs) Come on, guys. Oh, God, yeah, one of those things there. Little fucking trust fund, bitch. Speaking of Paris and Orlando Bloom, do you ever think that that was the downfall of Orlando Bloom's career in a weird way? Is once he was viewed as kind of the bitch character on screen, I felt like after that movie, because beforehand we had him as Legolas, fucking badass. We had him in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like in the first one, he's like the main character. Like as time goes on, he gets fucking like arm just pushes him. Literally a cane comes out and fucking pulls him off stage. But in the first part, it's the Caribbean. He's literally the main character and everything like that. You know, Johnny Depp's just a fucking, like, funny sidekick guy. And it felt like when Troy came out and then he was kind of like, oh, he's the bitch character in this one. Just like Brad Pitt came by and showed him up. It just felt like from that point on, not saying that he doesn't have, you know, other moments. I mean, he comes back as Legolas in the Hobbit movies and so on. It's sort of like, oh, shit, remember that guy? You know, but it's like after that, it was just kind of like, there goes your action career. I mean, you know, here's Kingdom of Heaven. You know, you get Ridley for a moment. I can't remember if that was before or after that movie, but it's right around that same time. I, you know what? It's hard to say. Um, I don't really know. I know that's what killed it for a lot of, you know, like, got people in our generation at the time just because they had trouble separating the actor from the character. I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't, I wasn't writing him off anymore or anything like that, but it was, because there was that point where I don't think that killed his career because I think he still does stuff. I'm sure if we went looking around, we could find him in a bunch of things, but he's probably, he might be one of those people who just said, you know what? I made a fuck ton of money on these couple of things over here. I don't need to work no more. You, you get those people sometimes. I'm hoping that was the case with him. Um, yeah. Well, I'm going to say it's not necessarily career because he does have movies. He's got like Elizabeth Town and things like that, but it felt like as an action star, though that, that kind of flew out the window. Because it's that weird thing that like, 
and action starts like you know you, you get so many of these kind of actors where it's like it feels like oh this guy could kind of go somewhere and then it's just like fucking the rug gets pulled out and that's fucking it <laughs> well it's kind of like it sounds like there's that whole part in um once upon a time in hollywood where they're talking to uh where this is like where um the um al pacino character is talking to leo dicaprio and saying look so you started off in television, you went to movies, the movies didn't pan out like you hoped, but now you've just been guest starring on TV shows as the heavy in individual episodes, and every week you're getting your ass kicked. How long before you think, how, how much more when do you think you have in that? How long before you end up on Batman and Robin with the wham, pow, with you in a goofy costume? You know, so I'm wondering <laughs> if it's something kind of like that still exists. I'm not entirely sure. And I, I know that there's... Sometimes people like the when like you know, cause I could I could see why he'd want to do that role just because you know just like you go from being like Legolas, which is like I am beautiful, but I'm also a badass and I'm very calm and collective, to being kind of like the because it is a vastly different character to play. Just the father, please, no, no, no. Oh, I'm getting blown. I'm happy now. Okay, all right, well, this is okay. You know, I, I, that, that is a vastly different character. So as an actor, I could see why I'd want the challenge, but I'm not sure if that is, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Like I said, he probably got typecast in like his Elizabethtown. It was just like, what the fuck are you doing? You don't got a sword. You don't got a bow and arrow. You're not, you're not in medieval times. What the fuck you're doing? What the fuck are you doing here? Like, you're right. Let me go back to my time machine. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Is he, he definitely does get kind of that. But you know what probably happened? I bet you what happened. And I'm, I'm just making this stuff up. I mean, I probably... I got the... I got, like, the four-disc collection of Troy, and I don't know why I don't know this. But uh, I bet you when he came in, he probably auditioned to be fucking um, Achilles. I bet you that's what he was shooting for. And then they're like, we got Brad Pitt. You know? No. You're great. You're, you're an up-and-comer. You're great. You're great. We like you. So here's this part instead. You want to play Paris? I mean, it's, it's not Achilles, but uh, you're still part of Troy. You know, you still get to be part of the Odysseus legacy here. So uh, maybe, do, and he probably said, like, oh, okay, I, you know, sure, I guess I'll do that. You I know, just see. it's just like, and it's just that okay. kind of thing that like, I bet she's kind of like, well, I got, you know, can I at least be Hector? Nah, Hector's supposed to be older. Yeah. And, you know, he's got a beard. He's a little bit more rugged. Can, well, can I be Odysseus? No, you can't be Odysseus either. Uh, well, I guess I'll be Paris. I could just see kind of like, you know, he's in the room, he auditioned, you're like, well, Orlando, we got some fantastic news for you. We have a very big role. Like, oh, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. We're very proud to say you will be our, listen to here, like just a rev outside, like fucking Brad Pitt comes riding in, like on his motorcycle, doing a wheelie shirtless and just lands like... <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. This is the this is the wrong room. I was um, <laughs> I was looking for like you know I was looking for the for the vitamin store. My bad. All right. Well, let me just back this up. No, no, Brad, Brad, Brad. You can just go right here. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Orlando. You can be Paris. What? Yeah, you're, you're Paris. Uh, but I played for Odilia. Shh. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Hey, uh, Brad. Ha, um, have you have you fought with the sword before? No, but I can probably figure this shit out. Like, All right. Cool. Come on. All right. Let's get you in a toga. Let's get this shit rolling. <laughs> this reminds me like I think there was a story of when uh, in Fight Club when Brad had to get ready for that it's like oh I guess I gotta kinda get into shape well stop drinking beer and eating potato chips then that's all he said like that was the, that was the hard thing like yeah, I had to give them up just for a moment and they just looked like oh wow I just have to not drink beer and 
eat potato chips, and apparently I just get abs overnight. Look at that. <laughs> and I also got the dick root, too. Oh, God. Oh, I'm set and ready, you know. Because <laughs> I don't That's think Brent did. I don't, I don't think he thought of himself being an action here. It just, kinda, just happened. <laughs> I know we're just kind of simping over Brad Pitt this half this episode, but I do want to say he is one of those guys who just has that range because he could play, yeah, all right. Like, dirt fuck hillbilly, like, mm-hmm. sex god, coolest dude in the room, and then he could also play, like, the dad or the, like, the, 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 the accountant. You know what I mean? Like, there's that movie, The Big Short, where he was just like had his hair cut normal, he looked kind of pudgy. He had a beard, he had glasses, and he's just playing like just an accountant who saw he one of the one of the one of the um, one of the finance guys who saw the two thousand eight housing crisis housing crisis crash coming. You know, mm-hmm. he's not. There's no point where he has a shirt off and he's doing bench reps. Even in like yeah, sure, like he's still he's still a good looking guy in what you call it in um uh, bullet train. But he kind of has like that, like, like a divorced dad who's kind of going through some shit, but trying to like come back and be like, you know, optimistic and happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, he's almost got like the like the dorky dad going out like on a fishing trip kind of look in that movie. Who just happens to be an ex assassin, kind of like dorky dad who used to who, who who's on a fishing trip. But back in the '90s, fuck, he 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 was like he you should have seen him then, kind of thing. But even in the but in that movie, he still pulled it off. Just because you know, he was just really funny in it. Just the idea of the part when he's being attacked and all that, and he's like, yeah, he's just like, I'm here for revenge. I don't even know what the fuck's going on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, that's just the thing. Is just like you know, yeah, just he, he just takes on so many kind of different roles and kind of just comes in because I think that's the thing is back in the nineties. Remember, they, they would have wrote Brad Pitt off of like he just looks good, but you know, he's, he's not like a super actor or anything like that. And then it's like you, you must have not have seen like because he's been like a super actor even in the nineties. You just missed out on some of these movies he has here and so on. But it's like as time goes on, it's like no, 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 he, he is. He's definitely you know hit hit all like the marks, and no one can really argue that point anymore. Something else that probably did it was Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, well, because Ocean's Eleven, that was too, because that was like almost like that one where you just you got the big cast of actors in it and so on like that, and you got Brad Pitt, and he literally gets to eat fucking potato chips like in every scene in that movie, so he's probably ecstatic about that, you know, because his character's like always eating. Any movie, he doesn't have to take his shirt off; he's probably happy. You're like, okay, good, <laughs> I can just eat potato chips and drink beer, and my I don't have to worry about showing off my abs. It will appear overnight <laughs> if I just stop doing that. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like even like a true romance when he's like talking to like um, uh, fucking Tony Scott. He's like, you know, my character kind of just sort of says stuff and he doesn't really move or go anywhere. Can I just be like a stoner guy just sits on the couch and just hangs out? Sure. Well, why why not? Yeah. I didn't know that, but that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, that was. I think it said like the special features of that movie and so on. But um, but yeah, just like just gets a hangout, eat potato chips, calm down, you know, whatever. Uh, random, very random topic, but I guess it's a little bit more of the moment. Um, did you by chance see um the um Sonic show on Netflix? Not yet. I haven't got around to that one. It's just that weird thing of catching up on so many things at once. And I know that did come out, Sonic Prime or whatnot. You said it was like a 45-minute-long episode, which is kind of bizarre for animation. Especially at for least a, one or two. Is. I remember at least one or two episodes being 45. I don't know if they're all that. Um, 
I liked it. It was one of those things where I'm like, I'm not really blown away, but it's one of those things you kind of see limitations of the budget and aspects of it. But, you know, it's kind of like, I guess after reading IDW and seeing the um, the movies, I'm like, oh, you know, it's it's, it's not bad. <laughs> it, 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 it's I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I kind of appreciate, I think more thoughts gone into it than other um, other um, um, kids media and all that but it's not as high up there as their stuff too when they said something like oh it's going to be sonic traveling different dimensions like oh so two things come to mind and it's like oh so it's gonna is it gonna be like kind of the end of the spider-verse thing where he's going into different incarnations of sonic that'd be kind of cool but it's not that and i like that's not likely but it'd be cool if it was or like mm-hmm. what if what if this world over here what if, like, this world, like, Sonic never met Knuckles, or this world, like, Tails was evil, or it's just, just different, like, you know, like, things, like, of, like, what if in Sonic history, but it's not that either, it's like, we're in the caveman world, oh, we're in a pirate world, so just like, oh, okay, you're more of kind of like, yeah, it is a kid's show, there's no way around it, it is a kid's show, and there are parts where I was kind of sinking down, like, I'm glad my wife's not here while I'm watching this, but there's another part of me that was just like, it, there are parts that were kind of a little clever and you'd expect them to be and other parts that were a little more um, 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 like more thought out because it does have some interesting character arc stuff in it but it's not as good as other stuff that's been out recently you know yeah What's well, that one too that I, I feel Sega kind of has this they got this like little bit of a moment where they got to keep this sonic momentum going because all of a sudden, then once that Mario movie comes around the corner, like that—that's—that's that's the one that's kind of scary for Sega because Sega, it's gonna have that same feeling of like the Genesis, like we're on top, on top, and then Nintendo comes back and be like, yeah, we can show you how to do the 16-bit era. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, all the way, yeah, you had a couple good hits, and we released the wrong version of Mortal Kombat. Fuck you, Donkey Kong Country, Chrono Trigger. We're just dropping balls right now. Get the fuck out of here, Sega. You know that I feel like that's almost going to start right in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. We could do attitude fucking era. <laughs> like, don't think you're the only one that can do it. Like, and that was like that was the thing. It's like once once Nintendo kind of came around and just did that. Just like, yep, and there uh, goes the uh, Genesis is out the window now. Huh? Okay, there it goes. They tried, yeah, they tried. It, well, it, it, and don't we, like there, there's like and it's kind of one of those things. Like, I'm wondering if it's one of those things like they had this much time to focus on. Um, like we we want to do we want to do like this story right here. Like, well, you get this many episodes. Like, oh, we got to stretch this shit out because there's like one or two worlds. We go to like a world that's all like dystopian and like taken over mm-hmm. by Robotnik. And, like, Tails is kind of like an anti-hero and kind of like, you know, what if he never had Sonic there to defend him and he's a lot more, like, darker and angrier. Like, there seems to be a lot of thought put into this world and the characterization in it. But then the other two worlds are a little bit more like, this one's a caveman world and it seems like problems are going to be, like, solved easily. And, like, even Amy Rose is very interesting in the dystopia. And there's, like, callbacks. There's very obvious intentional callbacks to Sonic Sat AM, like the Robotnik's um, base in that. It's not the same thing. It's not that same, like, oval eye thing that you mm-hmm. saw in, in Robotropolis back in the Sat AM stuff, but it kind of resembles it. And it's also, it's a city that he controls and it has this kind of weird, like, neon light art deco kind of thing. So that looks like something out of a Sonic game. But then, like, 
other stuff does not seem as well thought out. Not that it's not enjoyable. I'm just kind of like, I'm like, I do feel like I'm watching a kid's thing. And I was like, well, maybe we'll do this for the podcast. I wasn't sure if he would. So I'm like, let me just crank this thing out just if anything gives us something to talk about. But I mean, I liked it. I don't blow, didn't blow me away. I'll probably watch the next season or the next half when, whenever they come out, you know. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's kind of still kind of interesting. Sometimes I always kind of worry with cartoons nowadays. Like, you used to never have to worry about cartoons, but I noticed it started with, like, a couple of them on the Netflix thing where they start doing the thing where, like, they started making cartoons, like, TV shows where, like, guess what? We're going to cut the action out, and it's just going to be slow, and nothing's going to really happen, and maybe the last episode we'll put some action in there. And, like, that's what I always kind of fear for sometimes with some of these things. It's like, I hope they don't try to do that. Because when you said they're, like, they're 45 minutes long, I'm like, oh, God, does that just mean these episodes are just filled with, like, filler material for a good while? There's a lot of action in all of them. I mean, I'll say it, okay. it goes by quickly. It, it, I, I kind of watched it all within the course of one night, not trying to binge it, not trying to. Yeah. I'm going to just binge this whole thing. I just kind of happened, you know? So I didn't realize it. Like, I remember the first episode was like 45 minutes. I don't know if they're all that, but, um, you know, I liked it. I wasn't, like I said, wasn't blown away, but I enjoyed it. And I, unless you're like a big Sonic fan, like if, if you're, if you're just like, oh, I like the old Genesis games and haven't gone back to anything else, don't bother. But if you're like a big Sonic fan, then I'm going to say it's worth watching and checking out, but it's by no means mm. like, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, in hindsight, I mean, even looking back on like Sad AM, like I still like Sad AM, but aspects of it don't hold up to me like they once did. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I think by now the best, the best, um, I haven't read it, it's read and seen everything, but I think the best incarnation of Sonic storytelling wise is probably the IDW books. Yeah, that definitely is kind of the most dialed in, but, um, yeah, no, that's, that still sounds kind of worth it to sort of check out and so on like that, because it sounds like at least it's got something kind of interesting going on and, you know, plus more more Sonic stuff. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to complain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I just but, realized yeah. how much I just grabbed the wheel. We're going to talk about this Sonic shit now. I didn't mean for it to go that way. I was just, I was just like, uh, oh, I was sure that we were still talking about Brad Pitt and all that. So yeah. Oh, hey, no worries. I know. Well, I'm kind of getting towards the end here. Anyways, my battery's kind of it's at the 19. percent And so I was your downfall of doing it on like your phone and so on. You, uh, you, you, you're like time limited there. You're like, hey, there you go. It's, you know, like, if not, if, like, the cane's going to come out and pull you off stage just like Orlando Bloom in the Pirates of Caribbean movies. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good you were at tap dancing. Nobody gives a fuck when Johnny Depp shows up. <laughs> I want to say one quick little thing about going back to Troy for a second. I do think it's funny for how much of, like, you know, a manly man um, Brad Pitt plays in, in that film. I do think it's kind of funny that, like, he has this little, like... Um, like cousin show up like Cusicles or whatever I don't know what the fuck his name is <laughs> Cusicles got cousin in the title yeah Cusicles comes in like oh I want to go off on a big adventure like you Achilles Cusicles no you must stay here you are not yet ready you are just a boy though you are looks like you are played by a 22 year old man you know, and then like, oh, but I want to be like you. No, to not do your time will come. You know, and then one day, you know, they're just like, you know, one day they're just like, you know, like, hey, like Brad or uh, Achilles is leading us. Follow Achilles. And you see him like running. He's in the helmet and just the like, fighting. And like Eric, he's like, you know, 
He bumps into like Eric Bana, you know, out there in the field. They're all fighting. And then he slashes his throat. He says, Aha, I got Achilles. Like, oh no, it's just Cusicles. Oh, just stabs him right there. And then, Ach- then Achilles wakes up, like, stretches his cuts through like a scene. He's just throwing him into like a dumpster. <laughs> just about. <laughs> just an abrupt cut from this big battle. And all of a sudden, there's just a random, like, fucking green dumpster out back. <laughs> Right next to Daniel Craig's friend from like Quantum of Solace, yeah. And then like yeah. and then like it cuts to like, you know, and then it cuts to like Brad Pitt like waking up in the bed, like scratching his dick, like, what the fuck's going on? Why are you guys getting up? My alarm clock didn't go off yet. Like, oh dude. Dude, uh, really awkward. So your cousin was cosplaying as you and ran up the hill and Eric Banna killed him. What? What the <laughs> fuck? You know, and he goes up there, Eric Banna, you get the fuck out here and Eric Banna's like, dude, your cousin tried to kill me. Like, it's not okay! It was a boy! <laughs> like, well, first off, he looked like he was like 20 fucking five. Secondly, he tried to kill me. This is not cool! Get out here! Like, just like, and like, just straight up beats the fuck out of him in front of his dad, in front of his kid, in front of his wife. He's like, guess what? I'm taking this shit with me! Fucking ties his feet, just drags him away, flips the bird in the chariot, <laughs> and like, and then later, Does like, a fucking wheelie. And the dad, like, sneaks in, like, hey, I know, I, he's like, you realize I could have you killed, or you, we would basically win the war right now. Like, I know, but I want to bury my son. Well, he killed my cousin. Like, yes, but how many men did you kill before? Like, I haven't thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah, you know, deep shit, I know. <laughs> you know what, I'm sorry I killed your, your son. It's cool. He was a noble fighter. Yeah, cool. All right, cool. They fist bump. I'm like, see you out there. <laughs> <laughs> You're there for ten years. You know what I mean? Come on. I guess the movie. I guess the movie made it seem like it was like four days. Well, that's like the weirdest thing is you, when you read about that, you go, "That war was ten fucking years." That's a you know what I mean? Because that was what makes it Odysseus. Okay, whatever. He's been there for ten fucking years. He's like. Shit, I can't wait to go back home, put my feet up, you know what I mean? And, you know, my wife's gonna make me dinner, got the fucking dog there and everything. Not knowing that, yeah, that trip that's really not that far on a map, but uh, it's gonna take you fucking 10 years to get back to because uh, some fuckhead has to open up the the bag, which you probably should have just told him what was in it in the first place. The bag of, <laughs> of wind you got. You know what I mean? Just tell him it's a bag of fucking farts. I don't, you know, shit, he doesn't need to know. <laughs> Shit, he's not going to open up a bag of farts. Oh, well, maybe he will. You know, you, you know how those fucking pirates are. You don't know what he's into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I feel like that was the moral of, of the, like, the Aussies. But here's the thing. Be, be honest with everybody. If you're just honest with everybody, you don't fucking hold secrets. People don't get suspicious. <laughs> That's just one part of it. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think what the, everything was because you didn't. Cause... Dude, they're literally, they're literally at the fucking like. He's like, oh, I can see fucking my wife waving at me, and the guy's like, oh, I want to see what's in this bag of farts. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> the guy fucking opens the. They're fucking like there. Like they're like you can almost jump out of the ship from this point and swim home. The guy fucking opens a bag of wind. God knows why they. I can't remember why he has a bag of fucking wind. You know, it's like you know. But you think it's fucking treasure and shit. And next thing you know, that just blows him around the fucking Mediterranean for like the next ten years. I just like the idea that they're that close to getting home, and he's just like, "Hey, take this bag of wind. What's this bag of wind gonna do? <laughs> Nothing, but be a plot device for later." Well, do I really need to take it? Well, we need a reason for you to come back and be out here later. Well, I, I don't want to do that. 
do I have to take this fucking bag of win? Um, well, um, I'm looking at the sky and Zeus is nodding. So, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> take the bag of win. Oh, yeah, by the way, you fucking stabbed him, you know, you know, Poseidon's fucking bastard, like, child that, you know, he doesn't really like him and he doesn't really want people to know about him, but he still sort of cares. He still throws him a couple, like, dead fishes and it whales once in a while to eat, you know. <laughs> he keeps him in pretty much the equivalent of the basement of uh, Greece. <laughs> Every so often they'll have that thing where it's just like, oh yeah, so here's like a god or a child of a god and it's like Hercules or it's some like, you know, good looking guy or good looking woman. And then it'd just be like, here's another one. And then it's just like, Argh! it's like a fucking like, you know, it's like a hunchback or it's a fucking cyclops or something or like that the, someone birthed a hydra or whatever. It's, it's not, all, there's always some shit that like, I don't know that they really didn't have like a whole lot of like, yeah, you know, like. Zeus got mad and says, like, guess what? I'm making this thing into a fucking, like, making this... I could turn myself into an ox. I'm making your kid into a fucking hunchback or whatever, you know? So I, I noticed that just shit like that would change, you know? I, I, mean, I mean, I can't think of any example, but I know they would do that kind of shit. So when you would, like, watch something or you play some a video game or something, and you actually look into the lore, like, oh, they're cousins? That's fucked up. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's just big old family matter. Everything's happening on a fucking cul-de-sac up there at Mount Olympus. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, but yeah. Well, my battery's getting low here, so I feel like this is the place we're gonna leave it at. Don't open that fucking bag of farts if somebody's got one sitting there. You know what I mean? Don't. <laughs> that's what it is. Just got, tempting, just, don't. Just, just it's just god farts in the bag, and that's what happens when they go off. Send, send you out on a fucking adventure for 10 years. Sounds like it's going to be fun. No, no, no. You were already out for 10 fucking years. It was terrible. Fucking people died left and right. You don't even know half the people you're, you're sailing home with now. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Like, literally, like, fucking families have been started in this time period. You know, when you get back, though, your fucking dog, that God knows how old that dog is. That dog is like 26 years old. You know, you'll get one last pet of him, and then he'll pass away. It's a very sad moment. But at the same time, you're going to be questioning how that dog lives so fucking long. Yeah. Yeah, just you know, could have been thinking of all the pets that could have got in if you didn't open that bag of wind. Exactly, exactly. But uh, till then, go to oldmenorange.com where you'll find more podcasts, comic books like Pizza Boys with Pizza Boys 13 coming up hopefully very soon in the next month or so once you get all the checks and edits and all that good stuff, and then all our other fun stuff. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes, and I'm Ryan Dunnigan, and we'll see you some other time. Later, folks. <laughs> <laughs>